My name is Tamara Calder-Richardson, and I've had six near-death experiences, and after an after-effect, I see spirit people, <laughs> and now I am a um, in the British style of evidential mediumship trained medium. I also am a channeler, and I can explain what that is, and I have my own podcast called Seeking Heaven, the Near-Death Experience and Other Phenomena, and so I'm just happy to be here, so thanks for asking me, Darren. Right. Thanks, Sonora. Yeah. And, and um, I've, I was on your podcast just half an hour ago. I <laughs> know. Just, it's great. Just doing <laughs> one for each of us, one after another, yeah. which is nice. So yeah, go and check that out. I'll put a link to uh, to your podcast in the description to this yes. one. Um, so I suppose let's let's begin with, let's go in um, in order. We'll start with your six near-death experiences and then move on to the after effects of so your mediumship and things like that. So your six is a lot of near-death experiences to have. How did that how did that happen? When did that start? Yeah. Um, well, okay. So the first one, I didn't really know it was a near-death experience. Uh, I didn't really realize that. I didn't know what it was. And I didn't have recall of some of these things till later in life. Okay. And I think it's because they were surrounded by trauma. And I'll explain that. But I had uh, what would be um, uh, MPMH Atwater's book, you know, Forever Angels. It's called a prenatal. Uh, I didn't even know they existed, but I do recall uh, being, um, I just have memory from way back, but being a baby, not really a baby. I was like a spirit person and my, and I was not almost carried through in life. My mom, uh, without going into it, um, had trauma having a kid because she was so young. And so uh, I remember seeing this whole situation. It was just horrible. And I, uh, where she's bleeding, she's in the bathroom. And I just remember complete love and compassion. And for her, I didn't really think about me, but I could see uh, different scenarios. I've also heard the whole conversation and all of that. So that's kind of a strange thing. What do you do with that information? And then the second, uh, the second one, which I consider, you know, this more, I guess, your traditional NDE, is that I was playing um, hide and seek with a cousin of mine in a really big, older, Victorian-looking home, mm -hmm. and they were downstairs. They were counting, you know, before they come. I was upstairs, and I was looking for a place to hide, and I, I was squealing like ah, like I didn't know where where to hide. And I was jumping up and down. I always, I had a lot of energy and under the dresser. And I don't know why was a nail hammered underneath the, under the dresser. And it was a nail head in. And, and so as I'm jumping, it pierced my skull. I mean, and so, <laughs> I didn't know what it was. Okay. I just, I thought it was, I thought there was a cup of water or something on there that fell on my head because all this, it, it was blood. Mm -hmm. And I, I, it happened so fast. I didn't know. Yeah. I was jumping really hard to, to cram a nail through yeah, my skull, yeah. uh, but I don't know what it was doing there. Cause it was like a nice home. So I have no idea, but, and so uh, I, you know, fell down and I was immediately, I just kind of popped. I was outside of my body and I'm looking, just kind of observing, kind of indifferent, honestly, very indifferent. And I'm just looking at the situation and she runs upstairs, my cousin, she screams, she calls for, um, you know, the adults in the house, her mom, my mom. And then, um, it was my uncle's wife and, and his mother-in-law, she came, she came upstairs and I'm seeing all of this from different directions. I'm seeing it in the room. I'm not feeling any pain because I'm outside of the body. I'm seeing uh, all through different parts of the house. At the same time, I'm seeing all these beings of light go up the stairwell. And they seem friendly, but I didn't know who they were. Uh, and they were, I felt like they were coming there for me. And then I heard this. It wasn't really like a voice you would hear. It was like, it was, but it was also a knowingness and it was, 
um, it, it was like every part of my fiber, like I wouldn't argue with it. And I, I can't tell you how I know this, but I believe it to be God. I wasn't really, I was so young. I didn't really know anything about religion or anything like that. I just knew, you know, it was, a, it was like an, an order and it says, this is not your time. You have much to do. And so I'm back in the body. Um, and then it was really painful. I was disoriented. I was bleeding. I was confused. And so, um, I lost consciousness again, I'm outside the body and I'm seeing it look like a nine foot being that had hands over my head. I felt they were my guardian angel. And how, why do I feel that way? I don't know. I just do, but they didn't feel human to me. I did not see the wings. They were just light. And I always knew this uh, being, or if you want to call it an angel, um, and I'm not going to define what people think. It could be the angel, but I didn't see the wings, okay? Um, but I always knew later on in life, I called them Uriel, but I didn't know that was an archangel. Like, I didn't even know that. And so um, I was all around, I was in the house all at the same time. I was also outside at the same time, and I'm observing and I'm really, I'll go back and check on my body, but honestly, I was very indifferent. I was more like, like I'm studying things and I'm observing what they're saying. And, it, and so I ended, it, what ended up, my grandparents came and took me to an internist and they said I had a contusion. And so they, I had a hole in my head. So literally mm -hmm. for two years, <laughs> Literally, if people go, oh, well, you got a hole in your head? I'll be like, yes, I do. Yes, yeah. Two years, I had to wait for it to grow back. Like it was a soft spot like babies have. It, it, right. it was, it ha I mean, you can't do anything. The skull has to grow back on its mm, own. Back around it, yeah. Back around it. And that was, um, that was, at that point on, I started seeing spirit people, but I didn't know they were spirit people. I thought they were just people. Mm-hmm. But how, what was a clue is um, I would say things and then it would be like, you didn't see that. I'm like, I didn't. And so I could tell that it, I wasn't getting positive feedback from my family mm -hmm. when I would see things. Plus, I didn't understand what people were coming in to say, hey, to me in my bedroom, even though they were friendly. I, I, mm -hmm. And I love talking to people. So, you know, I was talking to them. I was like, hey, but um apparently I guess they thought it was my imagination and I was so young. I didn't really think about it. Yeah. And then, then when I was four, uh, my mom was dating. Well, she was single. She had me and I was, uh, you know, it was at the time it was bad. It was bad. It was winter and it had just snowed and it was icy and cold outside and she liked this guy and he ended up being my stepdad, but he was a disc jockey at a radio station. And my grandparents didn't like him right off because he was um, cocky, um, you know, uh, flashy, you know, all of these things. They didn't particularly like him. And so uh, she wanted me to get to know and meet him. And so um, my grandmother didn't really want us to go because the weather was bad and we were supposed to go for like a lunch and spend time with him for me to get to know him. So he picked us up and we went down this long stairs and got in the car and it was like an old, he had like, um, I don't know, it was like back a Pontiac, a gold Pontiac and back at, at, you know, at that time. And at now look back on it, like, why didn't he go up to the door and properly pick her up at the door? <laughs> now I'm looking back, like, why do we have to walk down the cell? Why did he come get her? Anyway, it's little stupid things like that come up. But uh, we went, we, I remember we ate at Pizza Hut. We ate, had pizza and then we got ice cream. Why? Well, I don't know. Cause it was cold, but we had ice cream. And then we went to his radio station. And so they went to have a private conversation. She had, cause I could hear them I, I not at that moment hear them talk, they were talking before in the car and she wanted to get married. He wanted to have more money. He wasn't ready yet. She really wanted to get away from her parents. And so they put me in a room and said, Oh, you can look through all these, you know, albums and stuff mm -hmm. and you can have whatever you want, but we'll be back. So about an hour, an hour and a half later, they came back. They're arguing. And so when we get in the car, 
uh, and there's really no one out because the weather's bad. It's still during the day, but no one's out because it's icy and snowy. Mm -hmm. He puts on the brakes because he's angry. So he did this on purpose. And I wasn't in a car seat. This is (laughs) before car seats. I wasn't in a car seat. So when they spun around, um, it hit a tree that was a park in front and it landed into a big tree on the driver's side. So it kind of wrapped around the driver's side Mm. on, on his side. But with me, I was a little person. I went through the windshield and, uh, when that happened, I don't remember the pain of the impact. I just remember being cold and it being dark. And I was in this black, it was all black everywhere and dark. And I was confused because I couldn't you know, I could find my body. So normally when people look for their body, they look down, look at their hands. And so I'm like, where's my hands and feet? Like I was very confused because I could totally think like I could think now. So Mm. I I didn't understand where they were. And then that darkness started turning into the sensation of what felt like a a tunnel, which I think was probably a portal uh, because that makes sense. Why would you have a tunnel? But anyway, um, it, but it gave this, it felt like the sensation of, so I'm in some trans dimensional, I don't know what. And, and so I'm in this place. And then at the very end, I see somebody coming closer and it was Jesus. And he had the marks in his hands. He's coming out toward me and he had, his hair was blowing back like the wind or a fan. He kind of had this kind of look and he had people behind him uh i knew that i knew them they were family but i didn't know them and it's strange but mm-hmm. I, I knew i was related to them and i knew but i didn't know who they were yeah uh but they seemed to know who i was and there was the year before i had accidentally there was a little egg out um that i had accidentally i thought it was a ball and and, and uh-huh. put it, on the ground. it was right. a bird And that really upset me that I had, I didn't know it was a bird that I killed a bird. And so one thing I remember in this, it was a small thing, but it, uh, someone yelled out and I don't know who, cause there was like a group behind him, but he said, we got your bird, your bird's okay. And I was like, I thought that was great. Um, because that really, uh, that really bothered me. And so he didn't say a lot. He just said, um, you have to go back. And then, then I, then I started thinking it was almost as though I knew I had uh, like some really horrible things ahead of me. Like I, I, like I knew that and I didn't want to go back. And I said, I don't know if I, and then I've kind of changed my mind. Like, I don't want to go back. And he said, I didn't have a choice. He said, you can, and you will, like he was serious. He said, you can, and you will. He goes, oh, but I'll always be with you. I'm like, like trying to soften the blow, you know? And so all I know is I'm back. And, but what's strange is I'm not back in my body. I'm kind of everywhere again. I'm in the body, but I'm also bilocational. I'm in the car, but then I'm also outside. And this is what I see. I'm seeing things with spirit eyes. I mean, it's hard to have the right words for these things, Mm -hmm they weren't normal eyes because I'm looking across where it's icy and snowy and across in the park, which is snowed over. Um, and it was a, a native American man and woman. She was holding the baby and he was cooking fish over a grill. Well, that probably was not happening. Is it a different time period layered on top of now? Is it a memory from the past? that's happened there. I don't, I don't know. I can't answer that. I don't know. I don't know. All I can tell you is what I saw. I saw a lady that had a high-waisted dress, long skirt, like a Gibson girl. And she's in the park with a guy with a flat hat, like a campaign hat back in the 1800s. And they're walking. And then I saw a hot air balloon in the sky. So I tapped into something. I don't know if it was another, um, another reality is something in the past, something that's happening at the same time. I didn't really understand. It wasn't really human eyes. Couldn't see that I was in between these States. And then I, then I looked to the left and I saw in what should be a normal reality, these 
good old boys pulling with chains uh, the front of the tire away from the tree, getting it out. And they had a, uh, it was a old Tommy Jeep, like a Wagoneer and they were pulling it out and really didn't see anyone else out there. Just these two guys. And then I looked behind it and there was a fire old fire station. I mean, it was still functional, but no one was there, but I saw about two, 300, they were spirit people. And, but they seem really friendly. Like, you know, they might've been nice people in life when they were yeah. alive. Right. I mean, there wasn't anybody creepy. They looked like at some point they were a normal person, but mm. they weren't dressed modern. They were dressed like old timey firemen. And then I saw people dressed in different time periods. And one lady had, she looked like the third 1930s or forties. And she had a little pillbox hat on her, right. on her yeah. head. And short curly hair, and she came around to the car, and she linked in like no one can see her but me. And I'm, and I mean, maybe that should be a shock, but I just had a trauma going through a windshield. So mm. I mean, it's like because nothing this shocked you at that point. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just mm. yeah, it's all shocking. And so I, she's my mom's holding me in the arms, but I'm kind of like all this stuff's going on. And she said, "Oh yeah, um, your grandmother used to go to my." Um, my mother's jewelry store in town. Hi, I'm Judith. <laughs> this is crazy. And then Ben, I heard whispers. She's the one who carries her voice. She's the one who carries her voice. And they were like really excited to meet me and they were concerned and they were like really nice and they were very polite. And then over to the right, it looked like a rip. It looked like a rip in time. And the closest that I've seen it and, and, and then Uriel, that angel person was very fiery with very bright oranges and then that rip in the universe it it, it looked like a portal like a god portal the the it okay i've never seen it except i will tell you and i told him the same thing david ditchfield that he did a painting where it's like a rip with fire and orange but i don't want to tell people or i have I it in the know. past because it looks scary but it really wasn't scary it wasn't scary but it looked it was powerful but it looked like a God portal. I, I don't know what that was. I saw that. And so uh, eventually my face was, uh, had uh, my nose was broken in multiple places. And then as an adult, I ended up having two surgeries in my twenties to remove cartilage because there was so much in there right. and um, twice, two surgeries to remove mm. cartilage because my face was shattered Although it's amazing because I don't look like my face was shattered. You know, I don't look no, like that. No. And, and it's just a miracle. And, and that's again, another head injury. So this is like head injury. Okay. First one was a head injury, uh, which I didn't go into that too much. The second one was head injury. This is a head injury. Um, so <laughs> duh, I mean, it's obviously no wonder I could see spirit people. I mean, it's just the head mm. area. Mm. And then the, um, other one, uh, was, my mom ended up being with this man. Right. And they never took me back to my grandparents. So after that day, I went with them. Um, he, my grandparents had a nice home. They had like a 10,000 square foot home. We went back to his trailer or what do you call it? A caravan in the UK. Yeah. It'd be a caravan over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it wasn't a good thing. Okay. <laughs> it was not a, not a good thing for me. Mm. And so uh, I'm eating instead of you know, nice quality meals every day. I'm eating hot dogs. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I never got medical uh, treatment to, till as an adult, I never got medical treatment. And so uh, at this point, um, you know, I'm trying to think of ways to get away from the trailer. I actually imagined um, <laughs> there was a commercial on TV where these little cartoons were marching in town. And so I visualized they were my buddies and they were going to walk me out of this place. So I asked to show me how to get out of there. So I remote viewed, I didn't know how to call or use a phone, but I picked up the phone and called my grandparents, which I didn't even know what their phone number was. I was told that. And I told them 20 some minutes away how to get there. I'm only four years old. Everybody's like, how did you do that? I didn't, I remote viewed and I had my guides, my spirit friends help me. And they told me, and so, um, but I ended up having to stay with my mom and it was the next year that, um, it was just bad, um, sexual abuse. It was horrible. Um, started 
when she met him at three and a half, and then when we left the next year at five, it was going on really intensely. And like, I would hide in the closet. I would try to hide under the bed. I mean, it was, I had no one to talk to. Uh, mm -hmm. I was terrified. I didn't know what this was. You know, I didn't know what, I just knew it wasn't good. Yeah. Um, and I started, I knew grandmother talked about Jesus, like you can trust him, like he's your go-to guy, but I never really had a church upbringing. And so I would talk to Jesus, which I still do, which is funny and ironic. He just acts like a normal person to me. And, and I don't mean that to disrespect anyone's, but he does. Mm. And he, but I said, look, you need to kill him <laughs> I said, because this has to stop. I didn't know killing was bad. I said, you really need to kill him because I can't do this anymore. And then I sort of feeling like, wow, maybe that might be the wrong thing. I didn't know it was bad to say, I said, look, not a problem. Just get me out of here. Just, just kill me. I can do it. Just take me. I can't stand it anymore. I can't live this life. I can't mm. do it. And I try to tell my mom, I would say, don't leave me alone with them. I'm afraid, whatever, it, none of that. And so I was taken three and a half hours away from my grandparents, which that was my kind of my uh, mentors and they're my protectors, you know, they're my guardians. And so um, after um, quite a bit of sexual abuse and so forth, and uh, I, I got strep throat, that went into pneumonia. And I remember laying on the sofa. I remember what it felt like. It was like a really cheesy, gold fuzzy sofa. But I remember what was on TV, the hour, what it was like, what it looked like, how I was looking outside. And I was drifting away. I remember feeling drifting away. And I was so depressed. I was okay with that because I couldn't do this anymore, whatever this was. And, and so um, at that point, my mom... Uh, they didn't have emergency places like they do now. So you'd have to go to the hospital or to your local doctor. And so she called the hospital. They said, put, because my temperature was uh, 103.9, something like this. It was very high. And so that, yeah, it got higher. Um, and so put me in a, a tub of ice. And I do remember that when you're freezing, I was freezing. You don't want to be in a tub of ice. I remember that. That was awful. Mm. And... Um, and so to bring down the temperature, so she did that. She tried to feed me. I'm like, my lungs were shutting down. Yeah. She didn't, she didn't know better. Yeah. yeah. She didn't know better. She didn't know. And so she put me in the bed. She checked back in an hour. She, I was totally drenched. I was soaking wet. I was really, uh, out of consciousness in and out yeah. of consciousness at that point. And so she kept trying to get my stepdad, who was adopting me to take, take us to the hospitals. We don't have the money, which my grandparents did. So that really mm. wasn't a problem. He was just being difficult, um, again. And so eventually, um, when she picked me up, I was going limp. She says, we're going now. So we get in, at that point, that was the same day that Martin Luther King was assassinated. And here I am in the South, uh, with the time we're living in Raleigh, North Carolina in the USA. And we, you're not supposed to go anywhere because there's national guards. I mean, you're yeah. not supposed to leave. You use a curfew, but he has this radio car with the it's insignia on it. And so we get in that. And as we're driving along, I die. I, I was dead. They clocked me as 15 minutes dead on arrival. I died. I just drifted and I was above, I was following my body above the car. And then I would come back mm -hmm. in and look at stuff. And she, at this point, when I, when I died, um, she just knew I wasn't responsive and I wasn't breathing. She wasn't, she, she started cussing him. That was her response. Mm. She was mad. And so we get to the first stop with the guards and the guards said, why are you out? And she goes, you know, he said, oh, my daughter, even though I wasn't his daughter at the time, but yeah. whatever yeah. said, uh, needs to get to the hospital. So they actually called ahead. So the, the other, uh, security guard stops, Would let you they, through. they, they just waved me right through and the hospital was waiting. And so they had, uh, I don't know, about a dozen people waiting to pull me in. And I remember seeing all the stuff in the 
room they took me to, all these medical things that they talked about. And what's interesting, I guess I should pause and say this, my mother never told me this. She just said I had strep throat and went, and I went to like a little emergency th- doctor. She didn't tell me I died. She didn't tell me any of this stuff. And mm. I actually approached her a couple of years ago. She goes, how do you know this? I went, I remember. <laughs> but, I mean, I, but a lot of parents don't want kids to know certain things uh, because uh, it might fall back on them. Yeah. And, and so, you know, they, they don't, it's their little secret. They don't want, or, you know, they just something they prefer not to talk about. Mm-hmm, so, um, but I do remember all the things that they were saying and they would check because I kept, they kept trying to get my vitals and this went in for a couple hours and they kept checking and he would, the, there was two male doctors and then there was, um, several nurses, they would come in and out. So like six to eight female nurses, but there was two male doctors and they, one of them would go out and tell my mom, we're trying to get her vitals. She, I don't think she knew what that meant. I mean, I was like flatline and they bring me back, flatline and bring me back. And she was like, okay. And so I'm like zooming through the hospital and I'm, I'm, I'll go back and I'll look at my body and I see them pumping out like goop and fluids that look like this accordion thing. And I'm like, oh, that's gross. So I don't want to stay in there. So I'm zooming around and I'm seeing people leave their bodies and stuff in hospitals, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. kind of known for that, you know? And yeah. so I'm like saying, Hey, to people like, Hey, how's it going? You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no death well. does not stop me from being very social. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and then uh, one lady looked was, she was giving birth to uh, a little girl and she was dying. I said, you got to hold in there for your little for your little girl, you got to be there. And then some old guy, he had, um, cause it was two hours. I mean, I had a lot to do mm. and his, his uh, glass of water, uh, was empty. So I knocked it off. So the nurse would get him more. And then I thought, Oh my gosh, this is my purpose. I think I'm an angel. This is my purpose. So I really liked the state. I kind of wanted to stay in it mm. and I didn't really associate it with death. Uh, there was a little girl that, that could see me. There was a little girl and she had a brownie outfit on. She could see me. She's a little African-American girl. And she talked to me. She could see me. Hmm. She could see me. And, um, and so I went back and then eventually, um, it was very sad in there. Um, and there was a, um, spirit, uh, nun and priest that was standing there and, because I could tell they had the rosary. Like I knew what that was, even though we weren't Catholic and I, I knew mm. what that was. And, and so, um, my grandmother was Presbyterian, but my mom, we never went to church or anything like that. But, and, uh, the woman goes, blessed are the innocent and they were praying for me. So it's like, they were spirit people praying for me, which is so beautiful. I mean, I guess they took their job seriously. I, it was about two or three years ago. I actually looked at the hospital Rex hospital and before the new building, it used to be a Catholic hospital. So I thought, mm. it, was, I thought it was kind of cool. Mm. Um, but, um, so they must take their job very seriously. Yeah, yeah absolutely. They, they, I don't know. I can't explain it any other way. And then, um, and then the part that really upset me and I don't know why, but it just did. I don't know why, but they covered me with a sheet. I mean, that is kind of final. Um, and, and then, um, and then at some point I, I, somebody noticed there was some activity, uh, in the meantime, uh, it's cause I had a very shallow, um, my lungs had collapsed, but they eventually put me in a induced coma for three days and they weren't sure if I would make it or not. I remember waking up and I was in this plastic kind of thing, but for three days, I spent it with Jesus and I got to ask him everything. Uh, I told him I could not do this world. I said, I can't do it. I'm not going back. That's what I told him. Mm. Uh, so we, I had, or I did argue with him. Um, <laughs> um, and so, but what, how that happened is I go back to the room and I'm seeing this. And next thing you know, I'm in this, um, it's a field. It's very pretty, very pretty grass. It's like a pretty, like a really pretty day kind of we're outdoors. We're in this place. It just looks beautiful. And there's kids playing to the left on a roundabout. 
and it just looks like a beautiful big open park and then there's this man that's kneeling and he's holding my right hand and he's smiling and i remember uh he had this beautiful smile and really good teeth and it was radiating like a light source was radiating out of him and i said you're that man i talked to you know the one i talked to him about like i oh, can't yeah. do this anymore yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he thought that was funny he goes and he goes i am and and so uh he said he said i have something to give you and i'm five years old so i said mm. a toy and he thought that was funny he goes no and so he took off a part of his it looked like a rope belt and he was very glowy by the way he had this light source very glowy and he although it looked like a place like earth but just really pretty like a perfect mm -hmm. day and he took off this part of his twine and he wrapped it around my left wrist and he said um um he said um I, you're, he said, I wrap you in my protection and love much is given much will give through the small things. The big things would be acknowledged and through the small things, the big things would be done. And then he said, you have to go back. And I said, they're here. You know, these are kids. I'm like, why can't I stay? Mm -hmm. And he said, no, you need to go back because your mother needs you. I'm like, you know what? She'll be fine. <laughs> and he said, and he's, I, I did. I argued. I wasn't mean about it, but I did argue for quite a bit. And, and I said, I can't do that. I can't do that. I don't want to mm -hmm. do it. And he's, um, he said, you need to show her love. And I'm like, I don't know how. And he said, well, there's no right way or wrong way to do that, but you've got more love in you than she does for herself. And what I didn't realize years later, <laughs> I probably would have told him no, um, is that <laughs> that's not as simple as I thought it was because basically I had to learn my, to love mom. She doesn't have a lot of love for herself, uh, the way that she should, but despite the fact she knew I was being abused, mm. that's a tough one. Yeah. He gave me Very a tough difficult. One. Yeah. He didn't, it wasn't that easy a task. He didn't say all mm. that. And so, mm. um, so anyhow, he did say, I would give you one person, which I know that to be my husband. I met him really young, but I think it's, I'm like a puppy. So I wasn't damaged, you know, <laughs> got me before I was too messed up. Um, and cause he was very kind hearted and genuine person. And I mm. needed that. Exactly I, I, what didn't, you needed, yeah. I needed a kind person, just really true blue, decent, you know? And so, uh, we walked around in the field and as we walked the blades of grass, uh, each blades of grass, like it had life in it. And it was like whispering, almost like, like, I don't know, like acknowledging him. And then there were, um, flowers and each petal had life. And there was a really big tree and it would, everything just kind of lean toward him. Even the clouds would follow him. And I was sitting here thinking, this is really strange. Does he know that they're all following him? <laughs> I was thinking that. And so, um, we, uh, I, I mean, I had another part in it and I've, uh, I was like, I usually don't tell people this, but I, I can't make out what this means, but I did have a butterfly. I'm just telling you, God, it's crazy. I had a butterfly land on my hand and my finger. Okay. It was very colorful and it winked at me and it smiled. Now I can't tell you how that is. I don't know. And, and it sounds like, oh, right there, you know, I'm completely, you know, something's wrong, but I don't know. I mean, mm. I, I, I don't know what that meant because we don't have that here. Okay. No, no. And we don't, I don't know what that is all about, but we, we walked around and then he, we, there was a big tree and there was a rot there. He said, uh, you can stay a little bit longer and then you have to go back. And so we sat under the tree and he said, I could ask him anything. We sat by the right. He said, we don't eat from this tree. And it looked like cherry blossoms with red grapes, uh, not big red grapes, smaller red grapes. Boo. And, uh, and I said, okay, I was thinking, okay, I wasn't thinking about Don't it. Really I, mean, care. Yeah. I, I wouldn't really care, but okay. Good information. And so you're like, I know some people might be hearing this going, wow, you're being really disrespectful, smart ass to Jesus. But here's the thing. He, he knows everybody, their personality. Okay. And he communicates to them the way they're used to being communicated to. And he knows I have a lot of questions and I just don't, 
you know, he, he, he's cool with that. You know what I mean? He, it's fine. And so he, he did. And I asked him things like electricity and how it worked and stuff. like. And then I was kind of bored with the stuff he was telling me. I was like, yeah, you know, cause you get it. It was like a download. Like I just knew it. He would show me and then it was a download. And I was like, eh. And then he said, well, let me tell you about uh, how you manifest and how you create. He said, we create here, um, basically heaven, paradise, wherever you want to call it, Summerland, wherever it is, um, instantly. And I said, really? And he goes, yeah. He said, but it takes longer on the earth plane. It takes mm-hmm. longer. And he said, but that's why you need to be careful and mindful of what you what you're thinking because you'll manifest it. And he said, but here it's quick. So I was more interested on like how what quick, you could what, do what, there. what yeah. I could do there. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and so I said, can I try it? And he goes, yeah. So I thought of us being in a little boat and we were in a little boat, we were together and we were on this cute little stream. And then these um, three little fish came up to him and then he picked one up out of the water and he just talked to him and he goes, Hey, and then he put it back down. He goes, that's how we fish here. And then he started telling me about um, our thoughts, our things. And I mean, some of the stuff, it seems simple, but we know it as what quantum physics. We talked mm-hmm. about a little bit and you the interview with mm-hmm. you, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, and he talked about, um, uh, uh, like principles of wisdom. We walk around and talk, but I have to tell you this, we had a lot of fun. Like we went by the river and I, you know, I, we around the embankment and he, uh, he had like sandals and he took them off and, and he would, I would be, I was just a kid and I would play around and say like kids do, you know, like watch me run and look at this. And then it was like, you know, that I, there was a little brook there and I swam. I was there three days, but I don't know how long I was there. And I don't mm. remember everything that's coming out in pieces, but I do remember that it was, I felt so complete. It was such a oneness and a supernatural love. And it was like, and maybe because I was a kid, um, did I feel connected to everything? All I can say is I felt really at peace and I felt like he had my back. Mm. Like I never really had anyone have my back. You know, <laughs> I mean, uh, from the beginning, I was like my, you know, family's trying to basically kill me in a lot of yeah. ways other than yeah. the nail thing that was on me. Uh, but, um, you know, and I felt like that it was okay. And I felt compl- complete there. I did not want to leave at all. And I did have a little kid body and it felt, it did look glowy. Um, uh, everything, the grass was super soft. Everything was just like a perfect day. And so when it came time to go back, oh, he did tell me my mission. Okay. Basically to bring heaven on earth. And he told me a lot more and I said, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, no, <laughs> This is too much work. This sounds like a lot of work. That's Mm -hmm. what I told him. And he thought that was funny. And he goes, well, it might be. And I was like, yeah, it's like a lot of work. I can't do all that. It's a lot of work. He goes, but you're not the only one. And I'm like, I don't know, you know, because I already didn't trust people too much. (laughs) No, of course. (laughs) And he says, there'll be others. There'll be, I was like, he, and I said, I don't know. He goes, look, I know who they are. I've assigned them. I I already know there's others. Okay. They're going to do it. And I'm like, I don't know. So we actually went back and forth with this pattern for a while because I was not in agreement with it. And then he was talking about how each of us, um, you know, with, he wanted for people to understand that they're more than what they know, that they're part of this, where we are, that, that there's that basically God, the divine creator, whatever, isn't all of us. And we're a lot more than that. He wants people to see that spark in them and to see how beautiful they are, the way he sees them beautiful. And I'm like, and and I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, it's pretty falling down on earth. I don't know about this. So we went back and forth and finally he convinced me and I said, okay, I'll do my best. And so when I did go back, he said that I had, um, that, you know, it's time to go back. And then I was, I was back, but I was, I wasn't following orders still. I did not go back in the body uh, because I knew it would hurt. So mm-hmm. I started 
flying around the hospital, like helping people and like basically doing spiritual counseling with people <laughs> and saying hey to people. And he didn't like that apparently, but so a doctor, a spirit doctor showed up and he said, um, he said, uh, his name was Tippin, Dr. Tippin. And he said, little girl, you have to go back in your body. I'm like, nope, it's going to hurt. I'm not going to do mm. that. This mm. is just fine. Just like this. Mm. And so then Jesus showed up and he said, he said, I've prepared it for you. I guess he was saying it, it won't hurt. You know, mm -hmm. he said, I prepared it for you. As soon as he touched my shoulder, I was back in. And then I saw, um, everyone at that point on, I was seeing spirit people at three, but I was seeing everything that I was seeing spirits. I was seeing, I could see dark demon like things crawling on walls. I mean, they're just, I don't know what they are. They're not, it's not good. Um, I just think they're different. You know, there's a lot of different dimensions or a lot of different realms. And I'm not talking about heaven and hell. I'm talking about everything else in between and everything mm. else and more. Okay. Things that, you know, who knows? Um, I think it's, that's just too literal. Okay. <laughs> that's just a little too literal. Uh, yeah, but there are different realms. Um, sure. Cause you know, um, there are, and not all of them are human. There's different things. And so I was able to see, um, all of that. And then, uh, I, I, I kind of buried a lot of that for a long time. Mm. And then, um, I, then I try, I think for a while then, well, anyway, then 10, I had an NDE. I was at the pool at a, uh, summer vacation in Myrtle beach with my family. And there was guys playing volleyball in the pool and I got, I was in between their legs. I'm like, apparently a 10 year old. Mm. I'm a little pervert. I'm 10 years old mm. under 14 year old boys. Like, yeah, I am. And I got stuck. And they didn't know I was down there. And so I couldn't breathe. And, and it looked like the water opened up and it was like glowy and light. And I heard it looked like a really beautiful layered choir of angels. It was like, ah, like you'd imagine. Like, ah. mm -hmm. and, I, and I'm going, and I really remember going, crap, you got to be kidding. Not again. And so <laughs> I did. And then the next thing I know, I'm like getting water, the you know lifeguard and my mm -hmm. mom's standing there with my little baby sister. And she goes, what'd you do now? So, um, each one of these things, I think tuned me up because, you know, I do, I don't plan on, I don't train for that or, you know, but I do reach the higher levels and channeling and all that. And I guess people need good messages, but I don't, I, I think that's what it just removed my filters every time. Mm. And then, uh, when I was 28, I had a reaction to, uh, one pill for menstrual migraines. And I was like an alarm went off. I woke up in the middle of the night. I couldn't talk. I don't know why my motor skills wouldn't work. I couldn't talk and I couldn't get my body quite together. It was kind of like, I woke up like Frankenstein. I just went, Oh boy. Like the alarms went off and I went to the living room to turn on the TV. Cause I thought if I could follow what they're saying that I would mm -hmm. be okay. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, I only had one pill. This is ridiculous. And mm -hmm. Then I started hearing that white noise sound and I was right. like, oh, great. Oh yeah. yeah, this, this can't be good. Uh, and then I started feeling uh, very fearful, which I knew shortly after that is I wouldn't care. So um, I st started, well, I don't know. I didn't know I was male or female. I didn't know what I was. I knew that I was, I didn't know I was male or female. I didn't know my name. That can't be good. <laughs> I thought this is like, I had like a sense of humor about it. Like this can't be good, you know? And so, yes, you can take your sense of humor in the afterlife. Cause I had a sense of humor and I was going, this can't be good. And then I sort of seeing all the lines breaking down in the living room, like, like the furniture sort of turning into lines. I mean, the closest would be like the matrix, but that we didn't have the matrix movies back then. Hmm. And, and it started going and cause I was, in my early thirties at this point, or was that 28, 28 or 32. And, um, and so the lines were, everything was breaking down in lines. And then next thing, I think what it was is I was becoming more spirit. So I was just looking at it differently. And then I, next thing, you know, I'm in the galaxy and, and this is what it looks like. And I, and I said, I want to see the nebula. <laughs> I'm like, what? 
know. And so I'm looking at the nebula and I'm going, wow, that is really beautiful. And um, at the same time in my body, seeing my body and I'm taking one finger, it was my index finger on my right side and I'm poking myself back in my mm -hmm. leg going, this is ridiculous. This is not your time. This is, this is, this is one pill. And mm -hmm. I did that till my consciousness came back in my body. So was it a near death? It was strange. I mean, it was definitely, I mean, I didn't go to the paradise states, but I was. Mm -hmm. It sounded almost like a psychedelic experience. Is it what double ganger? Uh, psychedelic. Yeah, it was weird, but I was out there. I mean, I was gone. I was, I, I literally heard the white silence. I was not in my body, but I was staring at it and controlling it but i was like by location mm. it was very very odd but i was out i mean i wasn't just having a i mean i was literally gone i was further than i was in the hospital let's put it that mm. way i was much further and so um it it opened it it opened me up to more layers of of understanding i did have a friend that went to the monroe institute and i told him about the lines i didn't know what that was he goes that's one of their things at the monroe institute i said what do you mean he goes it's one of the stages is the lines i'm like mm. really this thing is real <laughs> so i it's just another form of our consciousness and i mm. I, I don't I, it's what happened so um the after effects you know was when i was three um you know i started seeing spirit people but there's you know more than that i mean knowing things spirit people um knowing things in detail uh that i shouldn't know um i couldn't talk to people about that because it frightened my my mom yeah. Yeah. and uh you know so i i kind of grew up with a lot of secrets i couldn't talk to my mom or definitely my stepdad you know the, no. the perpetrator no. mm. uh and i didn't know i didn't know about these you know, near-death experiences, and mm -hmm. they were surrounded by um, trauma. I mean, honestly, I wish my death. I did. I mean, I'm not you surprised. Know. Yeah. I mean, not a very good life to have at that point, especially at such a young age. Yeah, it's just not. And I was like, "Why did you do this to me? This sucks. I don't want to be here." Mm. And I'm like, and I said, "You need to make something better happen because this sucks." So, um, only thing that I can say is that when it, when I did come back and I <laughs> suffered through eight till I was 18. And then I felt like, woohoo, like I was broken out of prison. And then, I, you know, uh, went off to college shortly after that. And then it was my grandparents who put me through college. They, and I approached them, even though my stepdad at this point had money, they said, we anticipated this, we've been saving. And I was mm -hmm. like, cause they knew his character. Mm -hmm. And they said, we've anticipated this. It was so heartwarming. They worked in their seventies to put me through school too. It was so That's nice. I mean, the, they were like angels. That's what you wanted. need. Mm. And, and so I still uh, love them. And I think the mediumship, yeah, I saw them and whatever, but I personally think that, I mean, a lot of these things are probably our innate natural ability and we've just probably forgotten how to tap into it. But when you have a strong love for someone or an animal, right? And you're like, I love them. I just love them so much. Well, there really isn't any time. You're going you're gonna to make that love connection. You're going <laughs> to, you know, I, I, so it as when I think that really opened up with the mediumship, I tried to hide it, 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 hide it. And the psychic stuff, hide it, hide it. Um, and it was so... Um, you know, I guess I didn't do a very good job. I went off to college and I, I actually read some lady that I knew in college a while back. And she's like, oh, you didn't hide it very well. I knew you were like that back then. I thought, God, I did a terrible job. Um, but I, I really didn't want to use any of it. And then I had this big epiphany. Uh, I don't know if you call it that spiritual, whatever. I had this, I was broken down at one point and had my, went into advertising and marketing and went to college for that. And did that uh, 25 years. And I had this lag. People never talk about this because it's kind of sad. <laughs> but it's a reality. Hey, you know, it's a part of, it can happen to people. But I had this, I'm not happy kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And and I didn't really pray for a lot of years. And it sounds bad to some people, but I didn't. And I finally had these talks with God 
sometimes I would bring in Christ and I was like, you know, I don't like what I'm seeing in the world. I don't like this. Is this all this is in life? Just earning to just make stuff and buy stuff. This sucks. And so uh, I was watching, I don't know why it was this, but it was like, I was flipping the channel and I saw some war or something. It was, I don't know what it was at the time. And it just, it just made me set us for crying. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Mm. <laughs> Why do we have this? Mm. And I remember just crying my eyes out going, you know, I need a reason better than this to be here. See, so see, you're not the only one. I'm a pain in, I'm a pain in the ass too. And, <laughs> and I said, oh, this is awful. And so I had God try to talk to me. It was God. Cause it was, I just knew it was, I can't tell you how I know and it was trying to talk to me. And then Jesus always has to explain things. Look, it's time for you to use your gifts. I was like, oh, no, mm -mm, not going to do that. Nope. I don't want to be seen strange. Nope. Mm -hmm. And he's like, it's not about you. It's about you helping other people and seeing the greatness in them. It's time for you to use it. And I said, well, I don't want to be seen as a charlatan. He goes, then you mm -hmm. won't. And I haven't. And so uh, at that point on, I started looking at that possibly I'd never even thought about it it's the very least thing I wanted to look at and then that's when I started getting training in the the British style of mediumship from the Omega Institute and then I'd fly mm -hmm. to New Jersey all the time when they have British mediums and yeah because I thought well either if you know if I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it right I'm gonna do it mm -hmm. because people you know they need evidence and I need evidence you know uh mm -hmm. I need to know this is real you know I can't you know I need to take it at the highest quality level and the, and I still believe the, the British style of evidential mediumship is it. And, and so, um, I went to Omega and tried that and I did very well. I didn't plan on it. I could go, I could have gone either way. I'm like, you know, this is ridiculous. I was just like, this is a joke really, but I felt like I should. I'm like, oh, I did it. Mm -hmm. I got signs all weekend. And then, um, I can't, and then, uh, then I just start, you know, I followed this path and it's been a spiritual, you know, journey, um, ever since then, including having the podcast and learning so much from there to having starseed people on and authors and LMC and UFOs. I mean, this is just like, have been, has been a wild ride. Mm. <laughs> it's opened you up to a lot more than you thought you would to begin with. It, it, it is, but the thing that's, that, that makes me that, you know, look, even if I can just have a slice of happiness somewhere is to know there's other people like me that are questioning, you know, why are we here? What can I do to make a difference? Um, you know, there's definitely got to be something more than just existing and paying the bills, you know, and, and being involved with the afterlife community, such as yourself and others, um, makes me feel validated you know, and I think this is the people that Jesus was talking about, quite honestly. He said, there'll be others. And I kept looking like, yeah, right. Where are they? But, you know, uh, all in due time, I think it was these kinds of people that are putting it out there and making people question um, because so many people are still asleep. I think we're um, so much more than what we can possibly, than what we even know. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, it's, I think the Western way of looking at the world is very good to some degree, but very limited when it comes to this kind of, this kind of subject. It is. And I, and I always would say, my, these were my prayers, Darren, when I started praying, okay, look, God, <laughs> okay, look, this, you know, no offense, but there's some mean people here. It's difficult. I need some answers. I need to know the truth. I just need to know. Okay. I'm just going to level with you. Those are, I mean, that's how I would, and I kind of still do in a way, but you know, I would be very gen honest, genuine, you know, mm. and I would say, this is what I, this is what I, I need, but I think each of us need to say, what does my soul need on this journey right now? What do I need? And what I need is not what someone else needs. Mm it may be too much. And, and I think I've become scary to some people that I've known in life and my family, because my mom said about a month ago, she goes, 
you know, I always knew you were a different child. I went, hmm, how so? And she's like, well, I just never knew how strange you were till you started your podcast <laughs> and the topics you talk about. And I went, and so I made a joke of it. I said, really, you should have figured that out that I, that I was. And I said, look, I'm I always tell people I'm much stranger than I look. So mm. <laughs> not necessarily a bad thing. Well, you know, here's the thing. If we were all truly ourselves, and um, like I said, we talked on, you know, my channel uh, with you, with your, uh, mm. with the time when we, I interviewed you, which was great. Um, but that if we stop labeling ourselves and stop trying to fit into social, you know, status, regulations, whatever mm. it is, and just followed our heart. And that would lead us to the answers that we need. And I do a lot of reading. I usually have spirit tell me, oh, read that book. Uh, do that one there. Do that. And, and I'll go, that one, really? Sometimes I'm not even interested. Really? Sacred geometry? Yeah, we want you to do that. Okay. All right. I'll go look at it. Mm. And that'll lead to something else. So this quest hasn't, you know, it hasn't stopped for me. And what I feel like now is really not. Yeah, it's always our own journey, but I feel like that it's a movement of quite a few people that are trying to further mankind uh, to fill in the gaps and with answers and at least at the very least to expand our, um, our awarenesses as we know it. And uh, I feel like it's uh, I'm somehow in this web of this movement. Uh, so I do feel like that it is here. I do feel like there are others. And it's, it may not be the same as mine, but it's similar. Mm -hmm. Great. Okay. Well, I'm just conscious of the time. She said you need to be done by half past and that's five minutes till that <laughs> now. So um, I think it'd be best if we leave this one here. Um, I've never known someone to have six near-death experiences before. So that is a lot to, to deal with, especially, especially at such a young age. That must have really turned your world upside down. Yeah. It did. Yeah. I, you know, I believe it's says God won't put you through anything that you can't handle and say, God, I think we sort of choose. Uh, do we know what it's going to be? Not really, but yeah, apparently, mm -hmm. you know, I could handle it. Hey, bonus. I mean, I have all these really cool, uh, uh, like superhero gifts and <laughs> remote viewing, channeling different religions that I don't even know these people, you know, and mm. then I look them up. I'm like, oh my God, they're real. I think mm. that's so cool. So, you know, I, I get all these, you know, these little perks, um, you know, it, I mean, I do get, there's a trade-off, you know, and uh, do I make a lot? No. Uh, do I fit in with everyday society? Probably not, but am I having the time of my life and am I, am I on my path? Yes. Good. Good. And that's what's most important generally. I think so. And I, and, and also meeting you and, and because I feel like that, um, you know, we, we we really are so much of this world, you feel alone, but when I meet people like you, I realize mm, I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. Quite right. And there's a lot more people than you'd realize out there dealing with this sort of thing and learning. Exactly. So, you know, and, and the other thing is, why would I go through so much suffering and pain? Well, you know what? That's part of being human. It sort of sucks. You know, everybody's got their own little whatever, but it, it makes me have compassion to others. And, and I, when they tell me, you don't understand, I'm like, yeah, I do. I really do. But uh, this is the, the way I look at it. Uh, I refuse to be a victim because I'm just, I'm just, I have just enough piss and vinegar in me to go, I'm not having it. You know, I get to choose how I live this life, mm. you know, mm. and uh, I'm not going to have, I'm not going to be dictated by what someone did to me. And mm. uh, I'm going to choose, uh, I'm the, I'm the captain of this ship. Mm -hmm. And even if the ship sinks, I'm in charge and I'm going to do it mm -hmm. and I'm going to do it my way. And I'm not going to let anyone that, uh, you know, traumatize me, um, have an effect on me. And, you know, mm -hmm. I feel sorry for them. How miserable a person can you be to do that to your child? I mean, you know, you gotta be pretty broken, messed up person to do that. In a bad place. Yeah. You gotta be in a bad place. Yeah. So. I look at it a little bit differently. And again, this did not happen 
overnight. This whole, if you want to call it forgiveness, uh, a lot of anger, had a lot of anger issues. Martial arts really helped uh, <laughs> because, you know, you do need a way of working through that. 